The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's message is pre-recorded. We will not be taking phone calls today. in God, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sin. This is Mark 11, 22 through 25. The promise is there that if we have faith in God, we can say to this mountain, be removed and it will be removed from us. That what we ask will be done for us. Now, a number of years ago, I took this passage and I began to stand on it for a wife. And the Lord heard my prayer. An hour a day grew into many hours a day as God dealt with my heart and used this desire for a wife, which was my agenda. God used that to get at my heart with his agenda. The result was many hours of prayer every day. But finally, after a year and a half, the Lord spoke and said, Yes, I've chosen a woman to be your wife. If you'll wait, I'll bring her to you. And he did that. Now, it was on this same passage of Scripture 21 years later, when my wife had cancer, that I once more went back to this promise and stood on this promise for her life, that she would be healed. In the first instance, the Lord brought her into my life through a divine move of incredible power against Impossible odds. 21 years later, I'm once more month after month on my face, many hours every day, crying out to God to save my wife's life and to restore her from this cancer. The doctors had told us there was no hope, that she had only a very short time to live, And Jan and I spent much of those last days in prayer before the Lord and finally totally submitted her life to the Lord Jesus Christ while still standing firm by faith that she would be healed. And we use this passage of scripture among many others for that basic prayer. When Jan died, I was devastated. That was now about two and a half years ago. 
I was utterly devastated. I was devastated in part because Jan died. And I was also devastated because the Lord had said to me, I will heal her. And yet she died. I couldn't bridge this gap. My trust for the last 21 years had been totally in the word of the Lord. Standing by faith for money to live on because we had no salary. We lived by faith. He did miraculous things for us in providing us with housing and with automobiles and with food and and clothing and shelter as we sought first his kingdom and his righteousness. He raised up the National Prayer Chapel. He brought provision for the prayer chapel. He'd brought provision many times for radio ministry. How was I to deal now with what appeared to be an absolute failure in the death of my wife. Now I want to speak with you today about the deep things of God. And by that I don't mean deep intellectual theology. I mean in the practical ways in which God works. Do you understand the ways of God? I don't, but I'm learning them. And I share this brief account to highlight that when it seems that the prayer of intercession has failed, even though the Lord has said, stand and pray, Well, first of all, as I have matured through the agony and the loss of Jan, I understand today that he told me he would heal Jan. And in fact, that's precisely what he did. He healed Jan. He took her home. And Jan is today at peace in a much better place. But that still leaves me empty without my precious wife. And now, again, turning back to the Lord and saying, did I do something wrong? Did I sin against you in some way that caused you to be displeased with me or with Jan that you didn't answer my prayer? But the reality is he did answer my prayer and he answered it the way he said he would but not the way I interpreted that he would. Now, I'm going to immediately move into the reading of this material from Reese Howells. But I want, as I read this, for you to look carefully at this question. What should you think when you have prayed, you have stood by faith, And you have believed that God is saying, this is what I'm going to do. And then to every outside appearance, there is a total failure in what God promised. I'll I'll give you a very quick heads up. In my experience, I have learned that when my prayer 
seems to have failed that God called me to stand in. When it looks like there has been a complete failure. It's not time then to turn to condemnation or to accusation. But instead to recognize that the Lord brought me a step higher. And now he wants to take me a step beyond that. So that the end result will be greater than what I had imagined in the prayer for this event or this occurrence that I have asked. Pardon me, that I have asked for. Now, my sense as I have grown in Christ, my struggle has been that I've wanted to simply say, okay, my prayer failed, my intercession was lost, so give up. But that would be failing the Lord Jesus. I've learned that when an apparent failure occurs, it means come up higher and ask for more. So right now I'm praying once more for a wife. I'm standing on Mark 11, 23, 24. And I've asked the Lord if he will send me another partner to walk with me on this journey so that there are two of us walking together in agreement in the spirit because I need a helpmate and there's someone out there who also needs a helpmate in this walk with Jesus. So instead of believing that prayer is not effectual, I'm believing that I reached that step of intercession and God answered my cry to heal Jan and he healed her. And now it's time for me to do the next thing, which is to step up again and stand by faith for that prayer partner that I know God is sending to me. I'm not going to go on a dating website. I'm not going to go looking for a wife. I'm going to wait on God because he's already chosen her. Now, let me, in light of what I've shared with you, read from chapter 28 the book entitled Reese Howell's Intercessor by Norman Grubb. While Reese Howell was still praying or paying for the Derwin Farr estate and constantly looking to the Lord for the daily needs of the college, the Lord's word came to go forward and erect new buildings. The first two that were built was a college chapel to seat 200 and a conference hall to hold 400. Then came two men's dormitories and a woman's dormitory to house 100 students, all at the cost of about 6,000 pounds. At the time the workmen were engaged, again, there was not a penny in hand. But although they were regularly employed for over 18 months, entailing a weekly wage of between 20 and 30 pounds, Not once did they go away without receiving full pay. Even so, on Friday, it was a rare thing to have money in hand for Saturday's wages. Sometimes the deliverance would not come by the first post on Saturday, calling for prevailing prayer before the second. 
The Lord kept me daily and hourly abiding, says Rishal, to fulfill the condition for claiming an answer to my prayers. Again, I want you to note, abiding is essential. Abiding in the places that God has called us to abide is essential if the Lord is going to answer that prayer. In other words, if the Lord has called you to that hour a day, to those 10 chapters of scripture a day, if he's called you to that life of prayer, if he's called you to eat certain foods, if he's called you to walk in a certain manner, if he's called you not to be angry, but to walk in peace with all men and to make no accusations, whatever it is that he's called you to abide in, if you don't abide in that place, then you have lost your place of standing with God and he will not answer your prayer. During these months, he was led for the first time to pray for a gift of 1,000 pounds. On a Tuesday morning, the Lord told him to stop all the workmen, put the lectures off, and devote every hour to waiting upon God. The work was not to restart until the 1,000 pounds was sent. And during those days, there was not the sound of a hammer. Day by day, they prayed up and up, touching the throne with every prayer until on Friday morning, the 1,000 pounds came. What a shout of victory there was in the camp. Each morning, when the milkman made his early call at the college, Mr. Howells would go up to greet him. He used to say that, like himself, Mr. Howells had discovered the secret that you have to be an early bird if you want to get on in the world. When he arrived on the morning after the big lift, he put his cans down in deliberate fashion and hands on hip, asked Mr. Howells, Is it true what I've heard? What have you heard? That you've had a thousand pounds. Yes, it's quite true. Well, well, it seems that you and Amy Johnson, the aviator, are the only two who can get money these days. The building program was nearing an end when the next call came in 1932. Mr. Howells was reading the life of Dr. Whitfield Guinness of the China Inland Mission and how no one had offered a home to their children in Great Britain during their school holidays, although his parents had opened their home to so many people. He said that the cost to him was more in his heart agony than any of the persecution he'd endured in China. The Lord used this to bring before Mr. Howells the need of many missionaries who have to leave their children in the homeland. It was one of the deep and agonizing experiences of his life. The pangs of the mothers who left their children in this country with no home and no parents near actually came on him. The Holy Spirit put them on him. He was in his room without food or sleep and his groans were heard till he cried to the Lord, What do you want me to do? He used to say that there was a law. When you can carry a burden no longer, the Holy Spirit must take it. 
He only came free when the Lord said to him, I want you to make a home for every child of a missionary who cannot take his children back to the mission field. And Reese consented. A deep experience? Yes. And a great outcome. Out of the travail came the vision of the home and school for missionaries' children. The fruit of that intercession gained years before when God told him he had made him a father to the orphans. From that day, there was continued prayer in the college, pleading the cause of mothers and fathers who have proved by their obedience that they love the Lord more than their own children. To establish the home, Reese House negotiated for several months with Swansea Corporation about buying Skeddy Park, the mansion of Sir Bring Morris, with 17 acres of land not far from the college. But in the end, the corporation decided not to sell. The next day, Skeddy Isif came on the market. This also was an estate of 17 acres just on the opposite side of the road to Derwin Farr. The owners were willing to sell the house with five acres giving the option of purchase on the other 12. The tenant was Major Pratt, who, when he heard that Reese Howes had begun praying about it, said jokingly in his club, if Reese Howes has begun looking over my wall and praying, I'd better get out before something happens to me. And so he did. The Lord told Reese to buy it. The contract was drawn up by the agent and given him to sign, but he didn't have the deposit. So for three weeks, he carried the document about in his pocket. The agent wanted it back, but Mr. Howes kept out of his way. In three weeks, however, the Lord had delivered him, and Skeddy Isif was bought for 3,000 pounds. Only in a falling market in days of depression could such a house and grounds have been bought at so low a price, just as Darwin Fair came into his hands at far below its value in the normal market. Later, he bought the other 12 acres and a further seven of adjoining freehold land. The failure to buy Skeddy Park and then the Lord's guidance to the much more convenient estate of Skeddy Isif illustrates an important lesson of faith, which Mr. Howells explains like this. You're always getting a death on a point that is not really essential and then receiving a better thing for it. Thus, before I bought Derwin Farr, I was trying for months to buy another large piece some miles away. We climbed up to the position of faith from which we could buy it. Then my offer was refused and I knew God was behind it. That very week, Derwin Farr came onto the market. And I wouldn't change Derwin Farr for two like the other estate. Then I came up to the position to buy Skeddy Park. The moment the corporation turned down my offer, what joy I had because I recognized that God was in it. And in the next day, Skeddy Isif came on the market. Then he went on to mention how he tried to buy Skeddy Hall, the the home of Lord Swansea, but was turned down after climbing up in faith. 
In place of that property, the Lord told him to buy Pengallagher, and probably that great estate is worth several times as much as Skeddy Hall. This same principle of faith was to be seen in operation on many other occasions in his life. In pursuit of some great aim which the Lord had given him, he would en route seek and ask and believe for some particular deliverance or provision which he would obtain, but not in the exact form in which he asked for it. To those who were watching from the outside, this would often appear a failure or a mistake, provoking much criticism. But the effect on him and those on the inside with him in the battle of faith was just the opposite. It only strengthened him in the pursuit of the main objective of faith until he had obtained it. He would regard a temporary disappointment in route not as a failure, but as a stepping stone, rather like a climber who scales a peak, mistakenly thinking it is the summit only to find higher ones beyond and to find his determination increased to reach it. The same principle will be seen at work later in the great wartime battles of faith. Let me stop a moment. At the end of this month, I will be going off AM radio. I prayed up to faith that the money and the provision for radio was there. Suddenly, unexpectedly, there was a, a financial setback in one family. There was the loss of a job in another family. And there were other events all at the same time that completely took away my ability or the National Prayer Chapel's ability to continue paying for radio. So on October 1, I gave notice that we would leave AM radio at the end of October. I have just now received adequate funds to finish paying for the month of October. So this month is paid for and we will leave at the end of this month with absolutely no debt. Everything will be paid for. Now, many have said, Pastor, what happened? That's a failure of faith. But I'm saying to you, I have learned in walking with the Lord that this is not a failure of faith. Even as my wife's dying was not a failure of faith. It was another step up in the intercession and in the understanding of the ways of God. So I'll be plain with you. I am praying now, and I have come up to faith, and know now that the next step will be not AM radio, but Wave FM radio. And even as that has been assured to me, I'm now coming up to faith and believing God for national radio. Do I have any money to pay for it? Well, I'll be honest with you. When I finished paying for the radio program, 
for the month of October, there was less than $75 remaining in the church account. And of course, all of the church expenses have to be paid this month. But they're not due yet, and so I pay the first need first. And I stand by faith with the church for the rent for next month, for the other church expenses that are not yet due, but will be soon. I'm, I'm sharing this with you to be a living example of what it means to walk by faith. Now, I'm believing that the Lord has told me that he wants me to take some time and rest and regain my voice. And that then the doors will open at Wava for FM radio. And that soon after that, the doors will open for national radio. And I'm saying all of this to you without one penny in my pocket to pay for any of it. I stood by faith that the month of October would be paid for. And by the grace of God, it's done. I'm standing by faith for the cost of the church rent and the other expenses for the church. I'm standing by faith that when those bills are due, the money will be there. I'm standing by faith that when the door opens after I've had a time of rest, when the doors open at Weva for FM radio, the marketplace that I need to be in, that's what the Lord has told me. I'm standing by faith that the money will be there. So I do not consider going off AM radio a failure. But rather, with joy in my heart, I see it as an opportunity to rest, to recoup, and then to step forward into FM radio in a much broader marketplace. Now, I hope this is helpful to you As you look at your own experience by faith, my fear is that many of you have prayed and asked God to step into your life in some specific way. And when that did not occur, you lost hope and then went about finding your own way. And the reason that God did not answer as you expected him to is either because there is sin in your life, there is unforgiveness in your heart, or because God is asking you to step up to a higher place. And if he's asking you to step up to a higher place and you fall back, then you lost the intercession. See, I've learned that intercession is not for panty waste. It's not for the weak. Intercession is for those who have grown in the spirit of the living God, have suffered, and I mean suffered in the battle, who are able finally, being clean of spirit, being innocent before God, are able to climb up in faith and touch the throne of God, be assured of the victory, and then stand for God to do what he's promised to do. 
For example, I'm not going to continue praying for FM radio because God has already told me he is going to open the door. So I stand by faith that that's done. If I began to pray for FM radio, now it would be a demonstration of unbelief on my part. And I'm not going to walk in unbelief before God. He's already told me we will go to FM radio. By the way, I also want to tell you, he's also assured me that he is sending a partner for me for the remaining part of the journey for my life. And so I walk like a man engaged, waiting on the Lord, knowing that he will do what he has promised. So I'm not going to spend any more time asking God to send me a partner. It's done. He's doing it. Have I seen her? Absolutely not. Do I know who it is? I don't have a clue. I don't need to. I know Jesus. Is this making sense to you? I want to give you our phone number. It's 877-534-0780. If you'd like to talk about these issues of faith, you'd like me to pray with you about a specific issue, then please call 877 534 0780. We serve a God who is absolutely faithful. It's not a question of whether he's faithful. It's a question of whether I'm faithful. I also need to ask Jay, if you're listening today, I need you to call and give your contact information to uh, our producer, Eric. Uh, Could you please do that, Jay, if you're listening today? I need to reach you before Thursday evening. And I have information I need to share with you. So if you're listening today, uh, please call 877-534-0780. I'd be happy, Jay, to talk with you on air and pray with you as you've asked me to but I've been unable to contact you on the phone number or the information contact information you gave me. So, uh, Jay, call 877-534-0780. Now, while I'm waiting for your calls, I'm going to continue, uh, and we're going to go deeper into this principle that I'm outlining for you today, this principle of intercession. The Bible college at that time had about 50 students. Some of the earlier ones had now been called to the staff. Tommy Howells, uh, Miss Margaret Williams, and others taking various posts of responsibility. Among the tutors was Reverend A.E. Glover, M.A., the author of A Thousand Miles of Miracle. Still other students were going to the mission field with different societies, a couple with the China Inland Mission, a number with a worldwide evangelical crusade, one student back to Mr. Howell's old station in South Africa, and a number of students into the home ministry. The School for Missionaries Children opened in 1933 with 11 boys and girls including some day pupils 
from the surrounding district who were also accepted. With its development, care was taken to preserve the home as a real home for the children without the intrusion of the school atmosphere. Numbers soon increased on both the day scholars and the missionaries' children, and God began to send the staff. In 1935, the school moved, moved down to Glenderwin, and with its rapid development, further expansion became necessary. A dormitory block, three blocks of classroom, and a gym, gymnasium were added. As usual, there was not a penny in hand when the builders arrived. The Lord not delivering for the first week's wages until the second post on Saturday with a check of 20 pounds. Then the following Saturday, the Lord moved a lady to leave the preparation of her dinner and come down to the college with 25 pounds. In ways like these, week by week, all the new buildings of the college and school about worth about 30,000 pounds were erected on the three estates. While they were putting up these extra buildings, Mr. Howells received nine separate gifts of 1,000 pounds. At one time, the Lord told him that out of all the gifts of 100 pounds and over, he was to give away 25%. One year he gave 1,000 pounds to God's work elsewhere, although actually in need of it himself for the advance work. Reese always believed the law of the hundredfold and acted upon it. He began the collection with two shillings. He began the college with two shillings. And in 14 years, the Lord had sent him a total of 125,000 pounds. During those years... Besides the blessings that came to many visitors who already knew the Lord, there was the continued succession of people being led to the Savior, either through the college meetings or by coming under the influence of the Spirit through the very atmosphere of the place. Indeed, it would take a volume to tell the many stories of how this and that man were born again there. During the earlier years of the college, there were some outstanding examples of answers to prayer on a national scale. They were the precursors of the strategic praying on a worldwide scale to which the college was to be called in later years. Two of them are worth recording. The controversy which raged over the proposed introduction of the new Book of Common Prayer in the Church of England in 1928, will well be remembered. Practically all the bishops were in favor of it, despite its Romeward tendencies. And according to the newspaper, it was a foregone conclusion that Parliament would accept it. There must have been very few in the country who could have believed that the House of Commons would reject it. Suddenly, two days before the debate in the House, the Holy Spirit asked Mr. Howells if he believed the Lord could stop it going through. If he did, he was to call a meeting that afternoon for the one definite purpose of turning down the new book of common prayer. He fought it out alone with God from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then called the meeting. Lectures for the afternoon were canceled. 
The Spirit came down with great power, and the meeting continued until the Lord gave full assurance of victory. The next morning, the newspapers told how the House of the Lords had voted and accepted it, but the veto was with the House of Commons, who were to vote that day. The Holy Spirit said to Mr. Howells, Go on, nothing doubting. The dramatic scenes in the House of Commons will be remembered when, before a crowded audience, one or two members spoke as they'd never spoken before on the dangers of allowing any further Romeward tendencies to creep into the national church. It was reported that the atmosphere of the house was like a religious meeting, and to the amazement of everyone, they voted the new book of common prayer out. But as Mr. Howes explained, the Lord had given us the victory the previous afternoon. Now, I hope you're catching something that that if you understand it may be quite shocking to you. That human beings can hear the voice of God. That the Holy Spirit will speak to his people today with specific instructions regarding the issue of prayer. Regarding the intercession that they are to engage in. Now, many of you listening to this broadcast have never come to this place with the Lord. In fact, for some of you, you've never had a real direct answer to the cry of your heart. You've prayed and hoped. You've never prayed through to absolute assurance and then stood. It's important that you learn how to do this. We're entering a time of great economic chaos and collapse in America. We will see rioting. We will see starvation in America. Do you know how to pray through to God to feed your family? Do you know how to pray through to God? And can you touch the throne of God for the daily provision you need? Or is this strange to you? I can tell you, God is real. Jesus is real. Jesus, as a man who was fully man and fully God, died on Calvary's cross. He is resurrected. He lives in the temple of God above the command center, the nerve center of the universe. And there in that place, he constantly makes intercession for us, bringing about the final plan, the total collapse of this world, the establishment of the kingdom of God. We're going to heaven, my brothers, my sisters. This is real. I've experienced time after time praying, coming to faith, and God answering my prayer. And then the Lord brought me to a place with my precious wife who died, where I recognized there seemed to be a failure of my prayer. But then he brought me through and I understood that I was to step up higher. He brought me to a place with this radio 
broadcast where it looks like I have failed because I'm no longer able financially to cover the cost of the radio broadcast for next month. It looks like failure, but he's brought me higher and said, now go for the FM, not the AM, which is more than double the cost. You see, it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of what is God's will and being attuned with that will and walking by faith in that will and waiting on God and trusting him to do what he's promised he will do. Now, is uh, my telephone is dead. Is this of interest to you? Is this helpful to you? Is this new water for you? Have you ever, have you walked here? Have you experienced what I'm talking about? Or is this new to you? Our phone number is 877-534-0780. Now, the cry of my heart is that the National Prayer Chapel mature enough that they can honestly begin to join me in these prayers of intercession. And there are now some in the National Prayer Chapel who are sufficiently mature in Christ, they walk with me as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and they understand how to pray. There are others who are yet still babes, who don't, who don't know how in their own personal life to reach the throne of God, and they're learning. They're going through. I'm eager for a whole company of people called the National Prayer Chapel who can enter into the prayer closet and touch the national debate that the will of God would be accomplished. Now, is it God's will that the Republicans win or is it God's will that the Democrats win? You know what? I don't think God cares. I think it's all kabuki theater. I think it's just drama. I don't think it matters which one gets in office. I think the same thing's going to happen. The dollar's going to collapse. We are facing financial ruin in America. But I think there are other issues that God cares very much about. I think he cares very much about our being able to intercede and pray for revival in this nation, a revival of godliness. And he has given us the promise in Matthew 24 that at the very end of time, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed, which means in accord with a passage in Joel that talks about at the very end of time, the spirit of God being poured out. The promises are there for revival in our day, a revival of holiness and godliness. I think that matters very much to God that men and women be able to pray through to victory in this. And this is currently my intercession. My intercession is for revival in Washington. I know a precious man by the name of Leonard Ravenhill prayed for many years for revival and he never saw the revival. And it appeared that his intercession was lost. It was not lost. God was simply saying, pray higher. Another godly man, my father in the ministry, David Wilkerson. David prayed for many years for revival. He's now gone to be with the Lord. Did his intercession fail? Absolutely not. 
it's time for us to pray higher. To reach higher. Reese Howells, I'm going to share with you in the next days a a prayer that he cried out to the Lord for every person to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. He prayed for, for revival. He won that intercession for the money to pay for the revival. He won that intercession. But it did not come in his day. Did he fail? No. We're to pray higher. You see, the question was, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth? No, he's not going to find faith in those who pray simple little prayers and then their prayers not answered and they stop praying and they die back and, and they say God's not answering prayers. And now's not the time for revival or now's not God's just not answering. That's a lie. Now is the last day. Now is the time for revival. The dollar is about to collapse. Fiat currency is going to disappear. The one world government is coming into power. The Antichrist is emerging. Now is the day, the last day. Now is the time to pray for revival. But we have to pray up above. We have to pray higher. Not give up. Not back away. Not be concerned with our little world and our little things and our little stuff, but to pray and to build the kingdom of God. And I pray the prayer of Haggai as he said the Lord's word to him was is it time for you to be living in your paneled houses while the house of God is destitute well you know today in the new covenant the house of God is not a facility with all of the right multimedia in it and all of the all of the restaurants and escalators and bands and no it's the temple of God is the people of God that he's building into a holy temple have you prayed that one through have you gained the victory I haven't yet I'm praying that through it's time for revival now Reese Howells was able to pray through with his fellowship day after day on many issues some affecting the national dialogue are you able to do that is your church able to do that is your pastor able to do that see I can no longer be content to simply come on the radio and teach good theology or good doctrine We've had too much of the teaching. We need now to walk it out in our lives. Hi, welcome. What would you like to share, Jane? Oh, Pastor Ray, I've just—I've never called in before to a place in, or anything, but I just wanted—I just felt compelled to call because um, I heard you many a number of years ago um, when it was called Living Water. Yes, and. You're, I love you. You loved your. Sh- I loved you because you just told it like it is. I, you you were saying things that I wasn't hearing before. You know, you were really 
and stuff and things that I was sensing about how how people were and how how religion is and how I mean, or just how how uh, how how you know shallow it seems like that the um, experiences are now and how pe- how easily people fall away and you were and your lovely wife I loved your wife she was so wonderful I, I was so sorry to hear of her passing um, because then all of a sudden I didn't hear your show anymore and I was wondering I was going well, I wonder what happened because I and I thought well maybe you're going to get another time slot or maybe you're going to go to a bigger you know get a bigger go to FM or something like that and I just you know things we had family I have bus recently a bunch of family losses too in the last couple of years and I just that's the main thing I wanted to talk to you about because when that, when I found your show again all of a sudden I was switching through the dials and I turned it on and I heard your voice and I was I was so happy I was like oh he's back on he's back on but then I didn't hear your wife's voice and then uh, and after I kept listening I heard what happened and I was so hard so sorry to hear about that and what you said earlier in the show in your show about um how you were devastated because you thought you know God would bring you would would give you this healing he thought God was going to to do what you were you were praying for all this for all that and intercede and, and and all that praying that you were both doing and in the end it didn't she ended up you know passing and you you kind of questioned and I I real I you questioned and you thought well what did I do wrong I did is it something I was it something something in my front past is it something what is it what is it and you and you you came through it because you went I know that you went through a very dark period and when I lost my dad a couple of years ago I went through I grieved unbelievably I went through a period that I I went to a very dark, very dark place, very, yes. got very despondent and despairing, but I kept holding on to the Lord. I could have easily have turned away. I could have easily have said, said what happened? Why weren't you there? Why didn't you? Because he went, he, he went through cancer and it was very, he passed very quickly and it, and it just seemed like I didn't have a time to say goodbye and I was just left in a very dark place and I grieved so much and so, but I kept final, I kept walking through, I kept that, I kept, I kept holding my hand out. I kept saying, I said, I don't know where you're taking me, Lord. I don't know where you're taking me, but I'm going to put one, one foot in front of the other. Yes. And I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to see what happens. And I, I didn't lose my faith. And I just said, I didn't understand at the time. I just went to a, but I just still kept. I still kept my faith. I still just said, I don't know where you're going, where you're taking me, Lord, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep walking. And then slowly, slowly, but surely, I saw the end of the tunnel and the fog started lifting. And it wasn't, it's not until you're, you've gone through the experience that you look back and you see that God was bringing, was working on you. God was, was wanting to call you deeper. Yes. Deeper, so much deeper that, that I, I can't even I can't even explain that, that the deeper relationship I have now with God because of this. Um, but it, but I had to go through so much pain. I had to go through so much pain, and then I, I've over, I've just also um, you know through through reading and through watching other, uh, and going to other and going to church. I've been wanting to go to your place. I, I probably will end up going there because I just see that you have such a your your such a fervent, such a, a fervent um, zeal, and and your and your the people there with you at your chapel are all the same. And um, 
But it, well, it, it wasn't until I went, you go through it. It's God's way of taking you deeper, taking you closer. Yes. And looking back, I, I saw that my faith life was, you know, in the past 10 years, it's, it was going along good. It was going along nice. But it's not until you're tested, really tested, that you find out, you know, what you're, how what you're made of as far as your faith life, as far as, far as your relationship with God. And that's what, and it wasn't until, you know, I went, I was looking, I went through it and I, and I looked back that I was able to see that when you're in the middle of it, you don't see it, you don't understand it. And I can, that's when I see a lot of people get tested and I, and, and say things like I've been to other with other family relatives that have got, that have uh, faced the same thing, they just say, Jane, "Where's the Lord? I don't understand." Jane, Jane what happened? Uh-huh. I'm, we're out of time. Oh, okay. But I want to say something to you. Uh-huh. You have made my day. Uh-huh. Thank you. And what you said is so important. It's what I've done. Lift yes. my hands up. Yes. And not accuse God. No, no. But praise Him. Through right. the tears. Yes, yes. And that's what I'm doing and yes. have done. Yes. Jane, I, to- I would. I'm totally putting my life in his and just saying, my will, your will be done. Yes. Your will be done. Yes. Your will be done. It was, there was a part of me that was going, he must, I must decrease so he can increase. Yes. And that's what was, he was working on me. He was like, he was telling me, Jane, you have to decrease. In order for me to come into you more fully, to have a deeper relationship, you have to decrease. Yes. And I finally, I get that. I realize it now. And now I have such a, such a more intense, deeper relationship. And I've been able to detach more too and just put it in God's hands. They're going to cut us off. We got a few seconds. Okay. Thank you. And God bless you. I would love to meet you. Same here. All right. That's going to happen. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. God bless you all. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. God bless everyone else.